Welcome to the DevReady podcast, where we're helping non-techs build better tech. Uh, today, we're joined by Matt White. He is the founder of Tech Talk, and he's focused all on sales and marketing. So today will be quite a bit of a deep dive into sales and marketing, how we better position ourselves as tech businesses to sell more products, benefit more people uh, within the spaces and targets that we're looking to benefit. Matt, thanks for joining us. Oh, an absolute pleasure, Andrew. Yeah, no, it's been a pleasure. We met a little while back, and um, this podcast has been uh, in the works for some time. <laughs> Cancellation, <laughs> but we're we're here finally. Very good. Um, Matt, tell us a bit about your background, because I always like to dig in before we dig into topic at hand, just so people get an understanding of who you are um, and your experience in the space. Right. Yeah. Well, I'm sure a lot of the viewers and listeners will think, look at me and go, you know, what's a what's that old guy going to be able to teach me about sales and marketing? Certainly in the tech space, you know, we've we're building the best tech and we've got the best team, and you know, we're better, faster, cheaper than everybody else. So what's this guy going to teach me? But look, I, yeah. So my my background. Um, Started my first software business when I was 22 with a friend. Um, I and in that time, and so all over those years, and you can tell that I'm a little bit older than 22 now. Um, so just a few during, years older, yes. Just, you know, just just a couple <laughs> of years. Um, so during that time, I've always just been the sales guy. Um, so I'm the one you can probably call me that if you want to call me the lead singer of my businesses. So you know, there, there's a lot of things that occur inside the business that actually make a successful software business. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, we grew that business reasonably well. Um, we got to about 70 staff across most of the Eastern Seaboard from um, product sales to services sales. We were importing products from overseas and redistributing them. So a whole bunch of different things. And through that time, I continued to recruit and, and work with really, really talented marketers. So, so that's been you know, more than 23, 24 years doing sales and software and technology um, and, and sold pretty much everything from, you know, from products for a couple of hundred dollars SaaS all the way through to million dollar installations to multi you know, billion dollar or the second or the largest mining company in the world. So mm -hmm. I've done a lot of things. Um, throughout that time, you know, I've sold a business about nine years ago and mm -hmm. had a year off in Bali and uh, so just chilled Not out. Not a bad place family. to have a year off. Yeah, yeah it, was, it was nice <laughs> yeah. actually. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, when we came back, there's only so much barley one can take before you get, you know, infected <laughs> with barley. Uh, it's, mm. you know, you could become really comfortable to live there. Yeah, you know? I know, just everything slows right down, doesn't it? Yeah, man, absolutely. It really mm. does. So um, we, we came back and, and I got a call from a friend saying, hey, I need help with my, uh, my sales room. And so I helped that and then found myself just doing consulting, going from one consulting gig to another, invited to advise on various um, panels and boards, that type of thing. And a couple of years ago, uh, I was consulting in the sales space and I was building these really great sales engines, but without fuel, an engine's not going to go very well. And fuel is marketing. Fuel is that incoming lead or lead inquiry. So I partnered with somebody who's been doing marketing for 16 years in the tech space in Australia, and we, we launched Tech Talk. So that's, there you go, 20 years in you know, a couple of minutes. 20, in a couple of minutes, yeah. yeah. So obviously, um, quite a bit of experience in selling anything across or quite a variety of different um, products, services across technology, hence why we thought you'd bring on the podcast and just share a little bit about your experience and some of the things that you found have worked for you. Um, when we're, like you said, there might be someone that's out there that's listening that's got a great tech team building product, but in the end, if we're um, building a product 
A, that people may want, that's a great start. Yep. Uh, and then B, we need to actually communicate that to them and actually get them on side and understand their needs, how they're communicated to, what they're going to understand as a as a business owner, as a, a marketing person, whatever it might be their end role is, like who the target customer is. So it's really important to get this right because um, without sales and marketing done correctly, the product's going to linger um, and have its challenges. So today I just wanted to dig in a little bit on that. Um, but yeah, in terms of um, marketing and sales, you're the sales guy. The marketing person is. Uh, so we've actually uh, so uh, through the through COVID, the property market mm-hmm. boomed, and so uh, Tracy yes. she actually uh, retired and handed that ah. capability over to the rest of the team. So it's not just me in the business. I just once again I'm the lead singer of the band, and mm-hmm. there's a whole bunch of really talented musicians and roadies and managers and projects, and all of that sits underneath or next to me to be able to deliver what I talk about. So now I've got a team of really talented people. We've got one lady who at one stage was the most uh, awarded marketer in Australia back in the late 90s, uh, early 2000s. So um, I've got a, just an incredible team of, of highly talented marketers. And, and as I said, we only focus on software and technology. And so when somebody wants to talk about you know, really deep cut techo things mm-hmm. like DevOps or when I talk about, you know, Kubernetes or something really, something that most people won't know about. We can have a conversation with you. Yeah, we, We've actually got a bit of context there so we can say, well, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. your digital platform manager is somebody you need to talk to rather than the CEO or, you know, that type of, that type of thing. So we can shortcut a lot of the process because you don't really want to have a local marketer who can, who sells shoes and, uh, and does, you know, sells microphones and selling your technology because you're just going to get too uh, a broad or too vague a targeting or too vague a message. Mm-hmm. So yeah, and marketing does need to be poignant. So let's dig in a little bit. Um, always like to start with challenges. What are some of the things you see with businesses that come to you? What are what are the gaping holes that they have within their structure? What are some of the challenges that you might find um, when you're looking to sell a market something? Look, I think that the challenge one of the one of the challenges and I'll go through, there's a few of them, uh, but one of the big challenges is technical people are really capable of building technical things and they they do some really amazing work in solving some genuine issues in the marketplace. The problem is, I guess the greatest problem that's uh, or the greatest fallacy that's been put out there in the world is if you build a better mousetrap, the mousetrap, the world will beat a path to your door. And <laughs> You learn that little lesson pretty quickly. It, <laughs> well, some people never some, learn it because yeah, they, they sort of sit there and with their arms folded and they go, well, you know, how are they? They've got a much worse product than us. How are they selling more? And then you present to them saying, well, here's all their marketing and sales material and brochures and it talks to the problems. Yeah, but we're better. Hmm. Yeah. yeah, okay. That's just not understanding what the gap is. Get it. Yeah, that, that is, so that's, that's one problem. The other thing is a, a lot of technical people have made a – by choosing a technical route, have almost subconsciously or consciously chosen to not be a salesperson because they've seen the wolf of Wall Street or they've, they've, they've been uh, had some experience with a salesperson in the past and gone, that's not me. I reject everything to do with that. Um, following up is icky. Um, pushing myself forward is too hard. I don't don't want to be part of that. So I've got a thing; they can come to me. Ah, yeah. All right. I think I started out that way. <laughs> Doesn't work very well, though. No. Um, yeah. So yeah, I I found some of my best clients have been some that have come back, or you continuously 
talked to over a period of time and three years later, um, yeah, you get a, a great project or a great product that you're involved in building or something because we're obviously a tech business. Um, but yeah, it's, yeah, the follow-up is pivotal. Um, just being front and center is pivotal uh, without that. Um, you just get thrown into um, for, forgetfulness. If you yeah meet them two, meet someone two years ago, um, there's no way they're going to remember you. They're going to see the first two or three people they see at that time or ask for a reference. That's generally what happens. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So in terms of ch the challenges there, so they're too technical. Um, they build it. Hope for people to to come along. Um, don't want to jump into sales, uh, so they avoid it. So do you recommend them? bringing on someone into the team that can actually enable that? Or do you think people need to dig in and really step up to it? Yeah, good question. I want to talk about one other challenge that, mm -hmm. that, that technical businesses have or, or software yes. and technology businesses have. And that's around the, the, um, uh, the, 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 the we can solve everything for everybody problem. So people will build a really great solution and then when you say, so who is this for? They go, oh, look, everybody can use really great standard operating procedures and workflows in their business. Mm. And you go, okay, but who is it for? And they go, well, it's for everybody. And if you try to be something for everybody, then mm. what typically businesses find is they're nothing to anybody. So that is so specificity and niching, and it's uh, you know, and I've only been saying the same thing for twenty years, uh, and certainly in the last seven since I've I've been doing consulting is is be really narrow, because the more narrow you are, the more specific you can be. You can actually talk to those problems really really well. Uh, mm. the, the the challenge there is, the, there's a fallacy that you're going to miss out on large chunks of the market by not. By, by saying we are where for these people so mm -hmm. when i first started tech talk uh when i first started in business uh, that people were saying oh well you've got to be a general marketer you've got to you want to go to networking meetings and just say you do marketing because you've got capability hey matt you could you could help a real estate company as much as you could help a, a software company why don't you just be a general consultant general i did that mm -hmm. for about Mm, two weeks and I realized that just there's a lot of general out there yeah. mm. and also that was, quick. that was quick to learn that in two weeks some people well I'd already 10 had, years. I, yeah. Like, yeah, I guess you could also yeah. say that I'd had 15 years prior to that in software and technology and I just mm. really like software and technology people you know I, I couldn't I, probably, last time I read a line of code was 20 years ago but I okay. you know I can I like software it just makes a lot of sense to me i like technology i love technology i'm i'm down the rabbit hole with nfts at the moment which is you know so it's a pretty deep cut you know it's <laughs> a very big rabbit hole but anyway it's a rabbit there. hole no, <laughs> i tell you yeah so, so anyway i agree so i agree totally on the niching sides um our core business is probably a little bit general, which becomes problematic. And then mm. how do you communicate that? We're starting to niche that down. But then we also have a SaaS product, which is specifically targeted to the pharmacy industry. Much easier to understand the industry, yep. understand who's who in the zoo. Actually, once you intertwine into an industry, for example, you get how it all connects and works together. And you realize how small an industry like that can be. So, yeah. Um, then you can have different conversations. You get known in the space. Um, 
it actually opens up different opportunities in the, in one space. Um, so it just changes the game a little bit in terms of how you might approach things. So that business is impacting the, our area, which is our core business. Yep. Um, even the, the SaaS product is ticking along. Um, yes, we're looking to expand it, but it's also adding value to the core business. So it's very interesting how niching can make a big difference to what you're doing. Yeah, I, I love it. I love having that conversation because you just it, it once once somebody gets it and they realize they can go, you know, if you're one inch wide and a mile deep, yes. you're you're way better off because that mm-hmm. means you can immediately ask mm-hmm. for more money. You can immediately provide some perspective on the things you've done in the last, you know, mm-hmm. five years. If you've been doing one mm-hmm. thing for the last five years really well, then you can cut to the core of the issue really fast and the customer believes you, likes you, trusts you way faster. And then, and you're able to create results for the customer way faster. Mm-hmm. That is, yeah, that's that's an interesting point because um, obviously we're talking to non-text building technology, and it's all about product. But people that end up in, I think, the challenges when you end up in services like you've done, you've carved out a niche, but most people don't. No. Um, they they do stick in a generalized feel, and then that general. But that can be for a software SaaS product too. And that's where some people get a little bit stuck too. They build a, a CRM, one of the 10,000 that exist, and they just target everybody. And that's a good way to fail fast. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So there's a bit in that. And one of the big challenges is that there's, there's a couple of three or four really mm-hmm. big and successful businesses in Australia, Atlassian and Canva, for example, who have sold, who have, who have gone to market without any obvious and overt marketing. The thing is how those businesses actually succeeded is they didn't make a B2B sale. They mm-hmm. made a B2C sale. They made a business-to-customer sale. They mm-hmm. recognized that they were solving a problem for one dev or a problem mm-hmm. for one marketer. Then yeah. that marketer or dev then took it to their, their team, their manager. They moved companies. They said, we used this before, and it grew from there. So they actually went bottom-up. So that so when I when when tech companies come to me and say, look, we don't want to do any marketing or sales, well, they wouldn't come to me. But when I have conversations with them online, we don't want to do marketing or sales. We're amazing. We want to be like Atlassian or, or Canva. Um, then then we need to completely change the business model and and identify how much money it's going to cost you to execute on that strategy. Mm. It is a different strategy because yes, you do need to be selling selling and marketing if you're selling B two B. Yeah, um, B two C. It's a completely different space. Yeah, um, yeah it is. A good example of that is uh, I'm working with a customer. Pardon me, working with a customer who sells uh, to for farmers. Funnily enough, you just mentioned that. And what we did is we uh, identified that uh, there. You know, I said you know, because this is we identified there's going to be a B to C play, even though customers, other farmers, are businesses and they've got pretty big businesses with significant expenses. What do you do there? So I thought, well, who's a famous farmer? Jeremy Clarkson. Um, so what we did is we actually, um, we, we, uh, what they do is they take satellite images. I won't go into it, but essentially we tweeted at Clarkson because Clarkson's got Clarkson's farm. He doesn't just drive yes. cars and blow stuff up. He yep. is on a farm and blows stuff up. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so he, um, so we tweeted to him, he, um, responded and we connected with their agronomist and the agronomist has signed up. And now we've got a foothold in the UK through that uh, through that execution. But that is a pure B2C play. Well, if you think about sales, uh, how I like to think about sales, rather than B2B and B2C, I'm using it because everybody in the audience probably understands those terminologies. But I actually like to think human to human, H to H. Because a company doesn't sign a check 
Oh, nobody signs checks anymore. Uh, company doesn't uh, raise a purchase order or or engage with you and your company. What they do is they a digital platform manager buys from you, who's got a life and a, uh, and, and, a, and a and a whole bunch of things going on in their life and problems that keep them awake at night. And that's what you've got to talk to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and those problems are very unique, especially when you go on niche. But generalised, the problems are very general, so it, it's hard to penetrate. So. Exactly. In terms of, um, I'm thinking about, I'm developing SaaS products. If we want to really grow this thing, what are some key areas that we want to focus in, tackle in on to grow a business in the tax uh, tech space? Got it. So look, I like to think of, I like to break it down into three key areas for growth. Obviously, strategy is, we do talk about strategy and growth, but um, we can park that for the moment. That's probably a much bigger and different conversation than this one. Um, but once you understand your strategy, once we're, where you're going, then it becomes tactical really fast. And in tactical, you need to think about how, so we start with B for brand, and we start with brand and brand positioning. And what does your brand stand for? And the, before you go out to market to say what you stand for, you've got to actually stand for it internally. Um, so you've actually got to have an, a conversation in the business, and it's okay to to put the ideas out there to your uh, to to your team. What do we stand for? Who are we? What are we helping here? What are we? What problem are we solving? And then once we understand that, that becomes a guiding light for all other deals going forward. What do you? So you're standing for you know one customer they wanted to um, uh, help a particular industry, and so when they do deals with with external uh, vendors. And those external vendors want exclusivity. Well, the question is: Is this the best result? Whilst the cash might be good, and that might seem in short term a good deal, what does it look like long term? And what if there's a whole range of people in the marketplace, and that vendor only really serves thirty percent? Well, you're losing sixty percent for your money. And by mm. just thinking about what your values and mission is, and I know that sounds really soft, and once again, engineers in the audience are going to go. What does that mean? <laughs> Give me a break. But, you know, it could just be, you know, what does the software stand for? What do we stand for? Because if you don't stand for anything, you'll fall for everything. And that's why there's a lot of scams out there. A lot of people get sucked into stuff because they don't really, they don't have a clear idea what, they, what they're here for. So that's, that's the first thing. So brand, okay. brand positioning. Mm-hmm. Second of all is how effective is your marketing? And marketing effectiveness could be just how am I helping the marketplace? How am I, what, what, what is my secret source? Oh, and this is another thing that engineers think that they need to keep to themselves, which is completely false. Their secret source. You can actually go ahead and explain. I, if, you, if somebody goes through all my content and goes onto my website and downloads the guides that I provide, you've pretty much got my entire business in writing with guides and checklists. I, I, we, write, um, we, we charge $5,000 to do a case study for a business, we go do a filming, we write the case study, we do all of this stuff, but then we put it into a checklist, we put a, we, we made it look really pretty, and we give it as a free as a download on our website. So the, the how-to is very low value in my hierarchy compared to the execution. Yeah, I agree with that because how-to doesn't really matter if you've got no capability to deliver on it um yeah to get someone out there that's going to run their own um production and video and case study it's probably going to be a half-assed job and not come out spectacular so that's everything Um, if they're going to invest the time to learn it and do it that's probably going to cost them a hell of a lot more money than it is to work with someone like yourself so that's that's people 
I think when you're in the early stages of business, you don't think that way. You think you need to do everything. But um, if you're real on a scale and move fast, you need help from other people. Uh, oh, that's man. the reality. Yeah. It's team that's most important. It's the external people that you work right. with. Um, it's, yeah, it's not going to take one one person to get to the the top of the mountain. It takes a takes a herd of people to get there. So yeah, it's very important. You're so right. I, I've just I've just changed my model and my business because mm. Um, mm. You know, I, I really wanted to make sure we're delivering massive value to our clients. And so what we had to do is we had to start running a project slash agency style of business. So now there we I have a project manager that sits next to me virtually. Yes. Nobody's yeah. <laughs> virtually next to me and, and runs the teams and does the task management and same in developing a piece of software or running a tech project. If you don't have a if you can, if you have all the technicians communicating with the customer, first of all it's going to bend the technician's head. Uh, and then they're actually not going to get any work done. Oh, so before I was talking about brand is number one, marketing effectiveness. So you want to be able to give away some of your secret sauce. You want to build an email list and then communicate with that email list as um, and offer value. Don't just don't just go buy, buy, buy because that's not going to work. Or you know, actually, it will work to a point where they unsubscribe yes. and you've lost a strategic <laughs> advantage of having that. Because yeah. Andrew, you know that's what? that's that's a important point you raised there. Because um, how do you manage that? giving away a lot of content. There's a few questions in there. Building a, a list, step one, you need a list, you gotta build a list, how does one go about starting that process? The giving away content, 100% um, agree, been doing that for a long time. How much is too much selling in content and sharing? So that's always a question that I'm digging in on. All right, we wanna sell stuff as well. We, yes, we wanna give away some great content, but the objective is to help them achieve their, their outcomes or whatever it might be and get our product in their hands or our services um, in terms of helping their business. Um, how do you balance it? What's okay. the balance? So like there was you? half a dozen yeah. questions there. I'll see if it I was. Go through them list in order. first, list first. How list, do we build a how list? Do you list? Yep. Okay, super simple. Mm -hmm. Start with your connections on LinkedIn, message them and say, hey, I'm starting an email list. Uh, you know, would you like to be on it? Or, hey, I'm, uh, I've just created the three-step guide to being, to, to whatever, or the, you know, the, so one of my things uh, is how to double your, double your marketing effectiveness. Mm -hmm. So okay. doubling your marketing effectiveness ROI. Um, so then we just message that to people and say, hey, We've created this guide for tech businesses to doubling your marketing effectiveness. Would you like a copy? URL, boom, they go in there, first name and email address. The less details, the better, just at the beginning. You can get more details once you've developed some trust, but first name and email is probably enough at the moment. Yeah, that's plenty, yeah. Because you can at least say, dear Andrew, mm -hmm. here's the thing you requested, yeah. all the best. Mm -hmm. um, so everybody in LinkedIn, message them and say, hey, and you might get 20 30% of, if you've actually addressed a problem that exists in the marketplace, you're going to 20, 30% of people saying yes, boom, okay. you're in. And most people have got some type of email, uh, some type of uh, LinkedIn list. Yep. Of course, you put that on the front page of your website. You identify who you work with and what you're going to give them. If you go to our website, uh, I'm sure you'll provide some links on this uh, thing, yep. on this podcast. So if you go to Definitely. our website, um, you go there and you'll say, you know, you'll see the headlines is for software and technology businesses that must generate leads in close house. Pretty simple stuff. And Click straight to the point, very niched, by the way. <laughs> yes. I, I, I don't I, I don't know how to sell sneakers. I read Phil Knight's book called Shoe Dog. I really enjoyed that. It didn't give me any insight on how to sell sneakers. 
Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> so you know, it was an entertaining book, and I got some stuff out of it, but it wasn't about yeah. you know. So I don't know how to do that, and I don't, and and maybe I could figure it out, but I don't want to know how to do that. I want to go sell somebody's cool technology that's going to make a significant impact. I got clients who sell. Um, software for the concreting industry. You think, oh, concreting, why do they need software? Well, you know what? They need to know where their people are, where their projects are, and when they're getting paid. Simple mm -hmm. as that. Yeah, every business needs some form of technology to serve. Every. Uh, every that's business. one of the challenges, though, <laughs> building a product for everybody. But we won't go there. We're talking about niching. So my next question. So we've got an idea how we might start a list, build a list, cultivate a list. Um, LinkedIn's obviously a great place to really get some connections going and then send some information out to them. Next question was really about um, diving into the fact of content sharing ratio versus sales content ratio. Like how might you manage that um, in terms of how do you think about that as a business and it's what you um, push down to your customers and say, all right, this is an approach that we've found that's worked. So um, some people in the audience might have heard of Gary Vaynerchuk. Mm -hmm. um, which is a you know social media. <laughs> Gary Vee. Yes. Gary Vee has been doing a few things for for a while. Um, a few NFTs, by the way. But he's got a, yeah. I, He might be the person that got me yeah. actually interested. And Did I, he? Yeah, okay. I thought yeah. to myself, why would yeah. I spend one ether on oh, yeah. one of his awful drawings? Yes. And now I look. <laughs> Have at you seen the price of those things? <laughs> Twenty ether. Yeah, some are 15, 20, give or take. Yep. Very disappointing. Um, yeah. Anyway, but. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, I asked myself the same question, but yeah, that's just, <laughs> I, I didn't buy one either. <laughs> that's true. I just want to buy a JPEG of an ape and, and retire. Anyway, so. Um, uh, so I think. So he has a saying called jab, 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 right hook. So give, 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 ask. Right? So simple as that. It's pretty hot in Queensland. I'm sweating. Um, I, uh, so it's too much pressure questions here, mate. <laughs> oh yeah, you're, you're grilling me. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we, so I, th I usually put together uh, on the in my emails, but every single email I send out has a link to my website, has a little offer. If you, you've got my emails in the past, it says, "P.S. We've got lots of content for sales and marketing in the software and technology space. Check, click here to check it out." That's just in the. That's just in the, in the uh, in the email signature. You track data on that sort of stuff in terms of yeah, absolutely. I track data. I love a bit of technology. I got it all. I know where yeah. every lead comes from. <laughs> we won't dive into that too much. But yeah, no, it's no, something it's, to think about if you're going into marketing in terms of how you're tracking your data, what's working, what's not. Absolutely, track it and know where it's coming from, so you can double down on what's working and bin what's not. Because, you know, unlike code, and this is another another thing that really bends programmers' heads and 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 technical people's heads is, the statistics don't tell the story. Um, unless you've got a million-dollar marketing budget and you can throw a lot out there and you gather a lot of data, uh, it's very, very difficult to actually identify exactly where you, you know, if you're only making very small moves uh, with a small, with a limited budget, it's very difficult to make those moves by yourself without having some knowledge in the background. So that's why, you know, often in my advisory, I'll say, hey, do this, and it'll seem counterintuitive for them, but because I've done it, I've you know, had some customers spending $20,000 a month on marketing. I know what that, how I can navigate those little areas. Okay. Yep, so, how, so how often is at the bottom of every email, just ask them to go to your website. Um, I probably send out a helpful email once a week and I'll do that for a couple of months even. And then I'll send out a thing called a nine-word email. And the nine-word email is, Hi, Andrew, are you still interested in 
dot, dot, dot. Are you still interested in making more sales, uh, generating more leads and closing more business? Question mark. One line, um, the subject line is one question. People have been on my database for five years. We'll still respond to that. And I get a, every time I send that out, mm-hmm. I get a sale. Every time. Interesting. Okay. Nine, I've never heard of a nine-word nine email. It's first time. So, yes, that's obviously just to poignant to the point and nothing else. That's um, it. Because, yeah. it, uh, you know, are you still interested in this? Because you know what? It's a simple question. If they say no, you go, thanks very much. If they say yes, you go, you go jump on the phone. Mm. It's, yeah, okay. it's, it's really not it, – it, mm-hmm. marketing – Look, we don't, marketing doesn't need to be a, a, a mental, a, a Jedi mind trick of manipulation. Sales doesn't need to be that. What you do need to do in sales, and, and we've spoken a lot about marketing, but in sales, we just need to make sure the customer understands the problem that exists really well in stark relief. The, the question stack is, you know, what, what, what's your challenge? How often have you had that occur? Um, how much is it costing you right now? How much will it cost you over the course of the next 12 months to not do anything about it? Um, what have you done up until now to solve that problem? Uh, is this something that needs to be solved in the next three months? Like that stack? Yeah, that's a pretty simple way to approach it. Because yep. we want to find, understand their challenges, understand the, yeah, what the outcome is for them if they do solve it, that's it. et cetera. Yep. And if they say Wait. at any point mm-hmm. they go, I'm not really that motivated. You go, well, it doesn't occur to me this is a good fit just now. Do you mind if I send you an email every now and then it helps out software and technology businesses do better marketing? They go, yep, sure. No pressure, no stress. What it does do is it gives the person and allows you to continue to communicate with them. If you try to bash them into buying something, you're going to be, you're going to be out the door really fast. Yeah, I think that's um, something I'm conscious of. It's just probably underselling ourselves, let alone <laughs> bashing them. So, yeah, it's about sh- um, I'm more of the vein of, all right, share a lot more, but, yeah, how do we be smarter about how we might um, communicate? So that's a bit of a selfish question there. Yep. But, Andrew, actually, one yeah, thing I wanted yeah. to add to that is yeah. is that everything that you say as the – let's say that I'm the salesperson. That's pretty easy to figure out. Let's say I'm the salesperson, but everything I say as a salesperson or as a business owner trying to sell to you – is, is, is layered and, and tarnished with the sale spectre. So every time that uh, if I make an assertion, if I provide an idea, it's, it smells of this person just wants to make a sale. The flip side of that is if when I'm communicating with a customer and I ask them how they you know, um, how long is the problem and what, how, what have you done to solve it and what's the cost of the problem, if they continue to expose their own bruise, expose their own issues, everything that they say is true and correct because they're the ones saying it. So then the I sub- agree with that, yeah. yeah. Um, I think one advantage of being in solutions uh, is you learn that. It's not about, yeah, especially when it's custom, like we're involved in a custom solution space. So it's all about what's the problem, how do we solve it, um, what's the problem, what's the pain point, etc. So that helps when you go into product selling. And I think you need to think like a solution salesman in product anyway, because uh, you are providing a solution. And I think that's where some people get a little bit lost in product. It's here's the features, this is what it does. Uh, you want to buy it, and that's not what's going to help you along yep. the line. So it's not going to um, work. Is it, and yeah. you, you just fall into this category and you get yeah. off the call. 
and if you if you've been a technician and you, you sort of have to be a salesperson because it's a relatively new business, you sort of get up and feel. Bit, bit icky and you go well I don't want to call that person now because I've sort of embarrassed myself and I've asked a hard question and they said no and mm. uh, uh, what do I do now yeah, yeah. what do I do now mm. so yeah um, look there, there's a whole bunch of things that, that inside sales and marketing I've, I've done a career but the third thing and you know first thing I talked about was brand second thing was marketing third thing is obviously conversion so if you could, people that perceive your brand as good you generate the lead. The third thing is conversion, and conversion doesn't need to be Wolf of Wall Street. You know, buy it now, or your children are going to hate you forever. Um, that doesn't work anymore. Uh, and if it does work, what you do is you generate really crummy customers who bog down your customer service. Uh, you don't want buyers' regret. Oh, that's buyers regret. Yeah, you don't want that um, yeah, at all because that yeah. becomes problematic in terms of operation. So yeah, you need to be conscious of that too. Oh, man, the buyer's regrets are a big thing. So anyway, so you're just going to make sure that the people listening and can understand how to build a question stack. And I call it a question stack because, well, it sort of works in the logical order that most of my customers think. And you just ask a series of questions. And then at the end of it, you say, well, it occurs to me to be a good fit. Do you mind if I tell you a bit about what we do? The person's going to go, yeah, that sounds okay, because they've been doing all the talking. They've been, they sort of feel relief because they've been, oh, I've been telling you about all of my problems and all of the things I've been doing wrong and all the money I've spent over the last two, three years to get here. And so I said, well, we typically work with people who are ready to X, Y, Z. And the good thing is, because you've listened and cared about what there's been saying, if you've got a, if your solution genuinely can solve their problem. Then you can just you can say, well, we work. People typically buy from us when they're ready to grow their software and technology business. That's what I say. Uh, they're tired of wasting money on marketing ideas of and, and, and avenues they don't know, and uh, they want to raise the number of high quality customers, and they want to reduce the number of C class customers in their in the database. Does that make sense? That's a clear proposition as well because, yeah, it's niched, right? So it makes plenty of sense. And I think that's one of the points of niching because um, you can't make a statement like that at a general broad brush stroke. It just doesn't get there. Um, so it all goes back to that niche proposition or who are we targeting um, and then what problems are you actually solving for that group of people? And it just shows it. I think it's a good explanation of top down what it can achieve um, and to get to some simple statements that people are going to – if you're in front of the right customer at the right time, they're going to actually say, yes, I'm interested in something like that. Yep. Yep. And then, then the last stage really is to, is to, is to monetize the sales process. So, so many, so many, so many technical people will go ahead and, okay, there's two problems. So I've got a category of two here. Yeah, I know we're okay. going a bit long, but I really want to. It's all good, mate. No, there's plenty in this. Yeah, okay. Go for it. So there's two things here. So, I like to talk in, in stories. So imagine you go to the hospital. Imagine, you're, imagine you've broken your arm, right? And if your mind runs away with you like mine does, I go, well, am I ever going to be able to use it anymore? You know, this looks really bad. Um, I, I'm panicking, start hyperventilating. It's, it's all bad. You know, we're all, it's all gone horribly wrong. You get to the hospital and if the doctor turns around and says, oh, look, Matthew, we see this 10 times a day. You don't have to worry about it. We'll be able to do this, this, and this, and you'll be fine. Psychologically, immediately, the pain is reduced. So how does that relate to selling software and technology? 
I've got this logistics problem that's costing me $15 million a year. I'm going to get the sack because the CFO is, is on my back about this, that, and the other. Really got to solve this. And the technical person, what do they say? Don't worry about it. We do this all the time. I can click, the, click a few buttons and solve all these problems. The pain goes down. The enthusiasm to buy, whilst you think might actually go up, it doesn't. Because the perceived cost, the perceived pain of never being able to use your arm again has gone down. You go, oh, well, now I can take my time making a purchasing decision. Now I can maybe talk to some other vendors. Maybe I can just chill out a little bit. And the CFO comes along and says, what's going on with this $15 million bleed? You go, look, Barry, it's all good. Found a vendor that can solve it in like two weeks. I want to make sure we're choosing the right vendor. And Barry goes, good call, Jeff. All the pain has gone away. So this is the problem that, uh, that the technical people do is they take all the pain away by saying it's easy to solve. But your 25 years or 13, 15 years or however long it took you to build that amazing AI or incredible workflow or what or satellite, whatever, is not easy. I'm sorry. No, not at all. It might be easy now, but not to get there, It's easy there, right? now because you've yeah. built it. But, you know, you've got you, – you, then they go, oh, well, if it's easy for these guys to do it, maybe I can just scope it out and get some outsource company in, um, in Mumbai to do it. Hmm. Yeah, makes logical sense. The These guys are charging me $500,000 for it, so maybe I can get it for like a hundred. And then they're shopping around all of a sudden. Yes. Mm. So that's so that's the issue there is is the the idea of being able to solve the problem is the is, is reduces the pain. The second thing about sales is is a lot of technical people will give a give 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 a lot. They will say, "Oh, we need a quote on this." And what happens, and I've seen it time and time again, they will go ahead and build an entire scope of work to create a quote. Seen that before? Used to do that oh, before. Man. And you pull your hair out while you're making no money. But yes, and you, you're uh, breaking even or losing money on projects. Losing That's money. the reason. Yep. So what, yeah. I call, what I do now is I recommend that every single business needs to monetize their sales process. But your value is in that. And I think people need to realize that that's where all their value is. Um, we learned that the hard way, <laughs> um, but that's what Devereddy is. It's a consulting piece of work that is all about helping people with clarity on their scope of work, on what they want to develop and the impact they want to make in the industry and how they're going to pull that together. That's where all the smarts is. That's where all the value is. Um, I think people need to understand that their value is the knowledge not the the code they produce at the end of it because the code they produce at the end of it is, should be based on the knowledge that they're bringing to the table. Um, yeah, so that's where the value is. And I 100% agree with that. It's made a massive difference to our business. That's why I liked mm. your business when I first spoke to you many months ago, probably before Christmas, yeah. actually. Yeah, I think uh, it was. actually was before Christmas. Yeah. Is you, you guys already have those things in place. You already understand that scoping discovery uh use cases user stories screen flow all of that stuff is the stuff is your smarts is your hey we've seen it done this way and only provide that know-how once you're getting paid because free consulting is appropriately priced and people take free consulting yes. um in in and, and they value it as free therefore no value correct yeah they don't understand the value if you're giving it away um so, yeah, they're happy to just take, take, take that 
advice, but then they don't really value it either. Like it's oh, but if they're paying for it, they they coming. They're switched on and they they're in it with you, um, and that's just changes the game. And you you deal with better customers in the end, people that really want to get things done, not people that are just exploring. And you can be yeah end up in a position where you're scoping, quoting on things, which takes you two weeks, whatever it might be, and those people weren't really that interested, nor had the budget, nor were qualified. That's a big issue. And it also puts a shot across the bow to their procurement process. Um, so if you're selling to a large corporate or a large multi-layered corporate, look, I've, I've helped businesses sell products to you know the biggest mining companies in the world. I've never... But in that process, what we did is we built a process where the audit is $30,000. Before even any real work is done, we need to understand the state of play right now. What is it? So, um, so but you know, for some businesses, it's, you know, some of my customers, it's $1,000. Yeah. But some, that, it, that piece of work is where knowledge is. Um, that's where the value really is because that audit provides the clarity to give the direction as to where you're taking it. Um, yeah, giving it away is what we used to do <laughs> yeah and you think back and think how crazy were we um but yeah that is one of the things to learn across the journey and highly recommended that you everyone looks at that so would agree definitely no, brilliant um it's been a, a really good episode i think i gotta get you back um when anthony's back on on board i think we'll do another episode because there's some um, other things i want to ask you but um i think oh, we'll man, wrap man. up there because we go for a know, while we can go the, for ages i'm imagining <laughs> another all the hour chapters that i've talked about yeah. i could yeah. go i could go super deep and super niche on all of those yeah. so because mm -hmm. you know that that's what we do because yeah. we are in the software space mm -hmm. we we know these yeah. things so yeah mm -hmm. happy to uh, happy to have another go at it and you really you know if even if there was like a q and a like a customer you know, somebody goes, oh, how do we solve this problem? Hey, you know, put me to the test, get me to sweat more. Might have yeah, to put the air conditioning on soon. <laughs> no, brilliant, Matt. It's been an um, absolute pleasure getting you on board. Uh, we'll share show notes and everything about uh, Tech Talk and yourself through um, LinkedIn post, etc. So thanks for coming on board. Really appreciate your time and um, we'll speak soon, definitely. Very good. Thanks very much. And one last thing, if anybody wants to figure out where they sit within the branding and the marketing and the conversion space, so I've created a little test. So it's about 20 questions in each one of those three categories. Uh, and then what it does is it provides you a report on what areas you need to focus on to create the biggest impact. So it's a free little test. Um, go through that. It takes about three minutes to do. And after that, you'll get a report and say, oh, well, you need to focus on these two areas. And you can just go ahead and do that stuff. So it's a sort of a focus finder. Yeah, and that, I can give you the link on that as well if you like. Yeah, we'll share that out with the show. Sounds yeah, really cool. good, mate. I appreciate it. Right, mate. Thanks, really appreciate it. Catch you Speak later. Soon.